We are in uh, week number two of our new summer series, Simplify, Overwhelmed, Overscheduled, Exhausted. Uh, We've been hearing those words for a long time. Jason and I have been talking about how do we how do we talk about this subject for over five years? Uh, anyway, we're, we're getting to it, finally. Seems more and more of us are running on empty, overloaded, stressed, our lives literally filled up to the brim. Last week, we looked at the greatest commands in the Bible. Uh, Jesus was asked, what are the greatest commands? And Jesus, in Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 31, says the first And the greatest command is this, there's only one capital G God. He's the God of the Bible. This side of the cross, we know him as Jesus the Christ. Love Jesus Christ with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Uh, we, We saw last week that when we're in a hurry, we don't love Jesus well. We don't love Jesus well. We can't love Jesus well in a hurry. We said last week, hurry is the death of prayer. I think Rick Warren said that. I added, worry is the death of Bible study. Hurry, excuse me, is the death of being still and listening. Hurry is the death of taking the time to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Hurry really affects poorly our walk with Jesus Christ. Here's the hard truth we said last week. I'll repeat it again. The reason why many of us here today are not growing and maturing and getting discipled, we're too busy chasing less important stuff with our hurried lives. Lots to do. (laughs) Far less important. But that's our excuse. Second most critical command, verse 31, Mark chapter 12. Love your neighbor as yourself. We said we don't love others well. We don't love family and friends well when we're always in a rush. When we're rushing, we don't take the time to listen and connect and talk and enjoy life together because I'm too busy, I'm rushing, I'm rushing here, I'm racing from one thing to another. The key challenge is we must ruthlessly eliminate hurry and rush from our lives. That might be something to write down if you didn't get it down yet. We have a page in your bulletin, you can write and take some notes here today. Uh, Strong, decisive action is needed and necessary if we're going to eliminate hurry and rush from our lives. This morning we're going to look at a key word when it comes to eliminating eliminating rush and hurry. I think this is one of the key ideas behind just learning to simplify our lives. And that word that we're going to talk about today is margin. Margin. We're going to talk about what that means as followers of Jesus Christ. And we're going to begin where we should always begin If we want to know what God's Word says on an issue, if we want to hear the Lord's voice, then we need to look into His book. So uh, we're going to turn, if you have your phone, to Psalm 90. Psalm chapter 90, the book of Psalms. Tradition tells us this is a psalm written by Moses. 
the baby that was spared death by being put in a reed basket, uh, raised by Pharaoh's daughter. Then he kills an Egyptian, has to run away, live in the wilderness for 40 years in the desert. And then the Lord calls him back to lead God's chosen people out of bondage to Pharaoh. Hello there. Let's, uh, let's read together. We've got it here on the screen. You don't have to stand quite yet. This is just the appetizer, okay? Uh, verse 10. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow. I like it. Read with me. For they quickly pass and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger. Your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Life is short is what Moses is saying here. Life is brief and each of us are responsible for how we manage the days of our lives. Each of us are responsible for how we manage the days of our lives. We should be asking, look at verse 12, like Moses, Lord, give me wisdom, give me clarity how to live life with the very limited amount of time you've given each of us. Give me wisdom. I, I want to do it right. I only get one shot at this. Turn with me on your phone now or in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, uh, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. I would argue Paul is writing to the church at Walloon. And he has a very similar message to what Moses said back in Psalm chapter 90. Would you stand with me if you're able? We're going to read out loud together now, getting into the main course here. We'll start with verse 15. We'll read down through verse 18. Ready? Here we go. Be very careful then how you live, not as wise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you. For this opportunity we have to study your book and then apply it to our daily lives. I want to pray especially, specifically right now for those who are standing in your church. And the truth is, they're overwhelmed and overscheduled and exhausted. They're stressed to the max. Margin is missing. Lord, would you speak especially clearly to them, to us, to me? And Lord, uh, it's good to know what the problem is. It's another step entirely to be willing to act and to be a doer of what your book says. So help us not just to be hearers and listeners today. Lord, I'm praying that you might speak and prompt and nudge and correct and kick in the pants. And Lord, might we actually begin applying what you show us today from your word. Speak, Lord. Your church here at Walloon, we're listening, we're ready, 
to respond. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one united voice, you can be seated. Be very careful then, verse 15, how you live, church at Walloon. Not as unwise, but as wise. Be, be very careful. Take uh, careful consideration. Don't be careless. Don't be thoughtless. Don't be reckless in the way that you live your daily life. And I would argue that most people, most of the time, aren't giving much thought to how they're living out their daily lives. Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says, Followers of Jesus... We're supposed to live differently. We're supposed to live thoughtful, examined, careful, considerate lives, lived as though it really matters. Be careful how you speak. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you watch. Focus your attention daily on how you're living. Is your life lining up with Jesus and God's word? As, as you think about your, your life this past week, was it mostly lined up with Jesus and his book? Or would the truth be your life more resembles the fallen world around us? And I get it. None of us live perfect lives. There was only one perfect, and they put him on the cross. But in general, is your life mostly resembling Jesus and his word and the leading and the filling of his spirit? Or mostly, do we speak and behave and live and listen to the things that everybody else watches and listens to and says? You've got their attitudes, the way they live. Verse 16, Ephesians 5. Make the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days we live in are what? What's it say? Evil. Yeah. It kind of goes exact opposite in general to the way Jesus says we should go. The days we're living in, fairly obviously, they're evil. And I'm not sure if there's more evil today or just more opportunity to tap into evil. Maybe that doesn't matter. The point, in, point is, things are evil these days. And he's saying, you can live evil. You can go opposite of what God's book and what Jesus would have you go. Or you can take the opportunity to live and represent Jesus well. That's kind of a choice. A am I going to live like everybody else? Or am I going to take this one and only life, limited days, uh, seize every opportunity to live strong and shine bright for Jesus Christ. It, it's a choice. It's, it's a daily choice. It's an hourly choice. How am I going to live? And, and as soon as we don't remember that, and I'm just living how whatever comes natural, we know the natural default system for all of us, if you don't think about it, if you don't get connected to Jesus, what's the default? Selfish, it's all about me, I'm going to do whatever pleases me. I'm going to do whatever's right in Jeff's eyes. <laughs> Verse 17, therefore, don't be foolish. <laughs> don't be foolish, understand what God's will is. 
God's will is not that we just live unexamined, whatever we feel like lives. God's will is that we pay attention and we're not living as fools. Don't live as though the days that you're living don't matter. Don't live as though uh, your little life doesn't really make a difference. That's a lie the enemy would love you to buy into. Your, your life doesn't matter. No, no one cares about you. That's a lie from the enemy. You and I are called to make a difference. How many of you would say, you know, I think I want to make a difference with this one and only life? Okay? Almost all of us would say, yeah, I want, to make a, I want to make a lasting, eternal difference in this world. Well, he's telling us how we can do that. Don't waste your life. Live an examined life because the stakes are enormous. Now think about this. Satan's genius plan is this. First of all, he doesn't want you to become a follower of Jesus. So if you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus, never been to the cross, accepted the shed blood of Jesus Christ for your greatest problem, you're a sinner and so am I, never believe that Jesus took your place in the tomb and arose. First of all, he doesn't want you to do that. But for some of you, it's too late, right? <laughs> nah, 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 nah. I'm a follower of Jesus. Okay, so think about it. Genius plan B, let's get Christians so busy and so rushed and so overscheduled with life that they're not even thinking about following Jesus and being filled with his spirit and studying God's word and shining bright so the world around us. So let's, let's get them so busy and so hectic and rushed and exhausted that they won't make a difference in this world. Plan B is brilliant. Which means, go ahead and put that slide up, Dan. We must be careful not to let the temporary things of this world crowd out, drown out the eternal, best, lasting things. I would argue that many of us who know Jesus as Savior and Lord, we even would say, I love Jesus. Yeah, you do, but you've got sucked into this fast-paced, hectic, life-in-the-fast-lane style. The fact is we're allowing the things in this life that are temporary, give me your eyes, the things that don't really matter long-term, to push away the lasting, eternal, make-a-difference things. Unless we're doing things and focused on things that matter, first of all, connecting with Jesus daily and walking with him, and then loving our family and our friends well, we're doing all sorts of other stuff that doesn't really matter long term. Here's how Dr. Richard A. Swenson says it in his book entitled Margin. Go ahead, put that up, Dan. Yeah. Many of the ideas in this series are from his books. Um, since I've read parts, I think, of six of his books, I, I know that a lot of these ideas aren't original, uh, but I will quote when I am giving verbatim stuff. Here is a quote from Margin. We must have some room to breathe. We need freedom to think and permission to heal. Our relationships are being starved to death by velocity. No one has the time to listen, let alone love. 
Our children lay wounded on the ground, run over by our high-speed good intentions. Is God now pro-exhaustion? Doesn't he lead people beside the still waters anymore? Definition, margin. Here we go. Might want to take a note here. Margin is the difference between my load, what my schedule looks like, personal, professional, work, all the things that you do, and your limits. Margin is how much room you have between your load and your limits, and whether you like it or not, you're not God, you have limits. I have limits. Only God Almighty is limitless. We all have limits. Now, they might be different, but you got a limit in every area of your life, and so do I. So what's the difference between your load, your schedule, your duties, your responsibilities, what you've said yes to, and your limits? Margin is the space between our load and our limits. Margin is something we've held in reserve for unanticipated situations. You tracking? So I don't know what tomorrow is going to hold, and usually everything doesn't go perfectly as, as it should in every area. Would you not agree? Yeah. Most days it doesn't go, and if you've got no margin, then you have no time for heavy traffic. That's why you're so frustrated, because you didn't leave room, you don't have any extra margin, and don't these people know they're making you late? We've got no margin for road construction, for heavy traffic. Margin is the opposite of overload. Margin is the opposite of overload. If we are overloaded, we have no margin. When, when you're right at your top, the ceiling, you have no margin. The problem is this, give me your eyes, most of us don't notice when we've gone to the ceiling. Most of us, we aren't quite sure when we pass from having margin to overload. And we're thinking, well, we don't want uh, to be underachievers or slackers, right? We don't want to be raising children who are underachievers or slackers. Heaven forbid. So we fill our schedules and commit to obligations without much thought, without much prayer, and suddenly now margin is evaporated and disappeared. I want to illustrate what margin looks like, how margin works how overload looks like, how overload looks. Question, how many of you are coffee drinkers? Hold your hand up high. Yeah, got two hands here, Pastor Brent. Yep. We know this to be true. Uh, when you're pouring coffee, we typically, when we pour coffee, hopefully this works, tested it earlier. Okay, so you're pouring coffee, um, how, how high do you typically go in the cup? Uh, to the top, okay, yeah. But, but if we're smart, if it's hot coffee, um, we're going to leave a little room. Some of you leave room because you like to put some cream or some kind of sweetener in it, right? 
So you, you leave a little room, but even if you put your cream and your sugar in, you want to leave some margin. Why is that? Why, why don't we just fill it all the way to the top if it's nice, hot coffee? And the answer is, what do you think? I, I don't want to spill it. <laughs> I don't want to burn myself. I don't want to burn somebody else. I don't want to make a mess. Isn't it interesting that some of us who know so much better with coffee, we're doing this all the time with our lives? We're just going all the way to the top, and we just keep going, and we're going, and we're going, and pretty soon what's happening in our lives? <laughs> can, can I just suggest to you that some of you, this is your life. You know better than to live this way with your hot coffee. That's why I needed those napkins. Yeah, yeah. We know better. Uh, we don't keep filling our coffee up to the top. But some of us, here's the truth, with our lives, we're filling our lives to the very top. And now our lives are a mess and stressed and we're exhausted. And we're burning ourselves and we're burning people around us. Why? Because you got no margin. You've left no room, and you're just worn out and overbooked and overscheduled. you got 120% of capacity, and you're wondering, why do I feel so stressed and tired and exhausted? And the answer is, no margin. You've left nothing. It's rare today to find people who intentionally keep their lives at 80%. Rare anymore today to find somebody who leaves margin to respond to unexpected situations. It's rare for us today to leave margin in our lives for a hurting family member, for a situation that was unexpected. But I promise you, they come our way, do they not? And at those times, we freak out. <laughs> we yell, we scream, we burn the people around us. The Lord sends situations our way. We can't take advantage of them. I can't, I can't deal with this person. Yeah, they might need to know Jesus, but I got no time. I'm overscheduled. I'm overtaxed. I got to rush away from them. Key idea. Margin is not something that just happens. Margin is something you're going to have to fight for. It doesn't just happen, you're going to have to fight for it. Everybody wants a piece of you. And here's the honest truth. Most of the people that want a piece of you really don't care that you're already at 110%. It's the reality. Uh, they, they could really care less as, as long as you'll say yes. The fact that you're overwhelmed and overscheduled and exhausted and stressed, that's your issue, not mine. Uh, God's word tells us we must live with wisdom, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil and filled with foolishness. Do you recall that? Ephesians 5, verse 18. You have to be prepared to fight for margin. It won't just happen on its own. So when the Holy Spirit nudges and whispers and prompts, and I promise you he's doing that, but a lot of times we're too busy 
We're, we're running with hurry and rush, and, and we don't have time to listen, and I don't have time to pay attention, and I don't have time to take care of somebody around me that might need the love of Christ in me. The Lord created us, give me your eyes, with a need for margin, to pause, to pray, to listen, to, to be ready to take care of people around us, to take care of ourselves, to get recharged and refilled. I want to close now give you three practical steps. Okay? Three practical steps to create some margin in your life. First step is this. Number one, we must learn to accept our limits. We must learn to accept our limits. Jesus, our creator, has created you and created me with limits. And it's not godly and it's not spiritual to burn out and melt down. Somehow we've gotten in our heads, well, I'll just go uh, at 120% of capacity and that's no biggie. No, that's a biggie because over time you're going to burn out and melt down. And oh, by the way, in the meantime, you're going to splash a lot of ugly stuff on the people around you. No margin. Our lives do have limits. We're maxed out. Problems and pain that once that used to be manageable when you were at 80 or 90%, listen, suddenly now you can't handle the stress, the anxiety, the overload, the exhaustion. What changed? You used to have margin, now you've got none, and now those things that you and the Lord could handle before now, you don't really have much time for the Lord. You don't have the ability to deal with the stress, the anxiety, the overload, the exhaustion. What's the difference? No margin. Speed and hurry and progress have steamrolled margin in many of our lives. It's just the truth. We've allowed the world around us and the fast pace and this genius plan of the enemy, let's get us, get Christians going as fast as possible. Limits have been exceeded. We've hit the max and we're overloaded. And now margin has vaporized in our lives. And we don't understand why you're not feeling good about this overwhelming, overscheduled, exhausting life that you have. Second practical step to margin. Learn to say no. <laughs> you got to. Learn to say no. It's needed. It's necessary. you got to somehow learn to say no. Proverbs 20, 25 says, If you impulsively say yes or make a vow, that's a trap. That's foolishness. To quickly, without prayer, without consideration, say yes is a trap. Proverbs 20, 25. Now here's the truth. You ready? Can you handle truth? Tell me if you can handle some truth. Okay, some of you are an easy yes. And people around you know it. And people around you are taking advantage of your easy yes. It's true. It's really true. Um, 
wasn't sure if I was going to have time for this, but I, I want to practice a little, okay? So turn to your neighbor to your right. And sorry if you're on the end, you'll have to wait to take your turn, okay? And, 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 and I want you to ask them to do something for you. And then I want you to say, politely, I'm sorry, can't do that for you, okay? Or, or your version of no. Go ahead, practice. Tell the person to your right, ask them to do something for you. Hey, would you polish my shoes? And go ahead, you have permission. Say no. Some of you aren't doing it in the balcony. I'm going to call you out. Go ahead, now, now it's the other person's turn. Ask them to do something for you. Hey, would you make me lunch? No. Not going to be able to do that. Okay, got your no down? For some of you, that's the first time you've said no in a long time. And the people around you know it. Ask yourself, ask the Lord, ask a trusted friend, what's driving me to keep saying yes? Is there some need in me that's being met in some weird way by Staying at 120% of, of my load? Why do I allow my life to get overloaded with stress and anxiety and exhaustion? Because there's an underlying reason, and I think if you keep asking, the Lord will show you. Here's, here's a practical uh, suggestion. I, I stole this from Rick Warren in his series on margin. He says this. Track with me here for a moment. On a piece of paper, you ready? Make two columns, not hard. Label the first column my schedule. And the second column is purpose. That's the labels on, on both columns. In the first column, list everything you have scheduled for the coming week. So think through your Monday through next Sunday and write down everything. Uh, personal matters that you're going to have to do, as well as work and professional matters, as well as family obligations. And, and then right after each one of those, right, what's, what's the purpose? What's the reason uh, that you have for each activity? I'm going to suggest to you that some of those activities, you're going to struggle with finding their purpose. Well, I'm not sure exactly why I'm doing that, but I'm doing it. And in prayerfully ask the Lord, Lord, would you show me those activities where purpose is either missing or it's temporary and it doesn't really matter? It's not the eternal best use of my time and energy. Show me those activities that don't have much of a purpose, Lord, would you? I know that's a big ask for some of you, but you're going to have to ruthlessly fight to eliminate hurry and rush, which leads to our third practical step to creating margin. Margin is not something that just happens. You don't just magically say, boy, I'd like you know, to have some extra room at the top. That's not going to happen. You're going to have to fight for it. We're going to have to take some drastic action in some issues. Some people who are used to you saying yes 
are not going to be happy when you tell them no. In your head, I'm really sorry, you're going to have to build your bridge and get over it. That's probably not the most loving thing to say, I've learned, slowly. But in your head, it's good to say, you know what, I need to say no because that's what the Lord is leading me and that's really not my issue that you don't like my or respect my no. Requires diligence, work, effort. Because here's what will happen. If you don't stay diligent on it in a week or in a month or in a year, margin wave bye-bye at you and it's gone again. And suddenly now you're back. You got to work this. You got to fight for it. Um, I would suggest practically add some margin to your daily schedule. Okay, every day, you and I need some margin. Meaning, if I'm not careful, and I've, I've had this happen in my own life, I, I schedule things so closely, and they run into the next meeting, and then suddenly, I'm rushing all through my day. You might need to add 15 or 20 minutes between things. Leave a little extra time for spillage over, and you still actually have time to take a breath, to fire up a prayer. Practically me, run to the bathroom, whatever it takes, you know. We just, you were just rushing. Um, prune activities regularly. Here's what I mean. Look over your schedule and those things that are no longer essential, that used to be important, that used to be something that was good, but no longer is it needed or necessary. It's not as good as the others. you got to have to cut out some things. Prune regularly, fight for margin, remove the dead wood. I'd also add, expect the unexpected. Talked about this a little earlier, but John 16, here's a verse for you. In this world, Jesus promises, you and I will have what? Okay, now the rest of you can add. In this world, this is a promise from Jesus, you and I will have so we trouble has come, and now margin has left the building, the ceiling, I'm up to the top, don't have any margin left. I've got no place in my schedule for a toothache. I've got no place in my schedule for a sick child. I've got no place in my schedule for road construction. I've got no place in my life for a doctor's appointment that I'm, I'm left sitting for an extra 30 minutes. I've got no place and margin in my life for a family member who needs my attention and my love. I, I'd like to. We've got good intentions, but I really can't. Why? Because i got no margin. It's like that hot coffee filled to the brim. We're spilling out impatience and frustration and neglect on those people around us. This is huge. <laughs> it's not God's plan for us to be overscheduled and overcrowded and stressed to the max and exhausted. But it is a brilliant plan by the enemy, I'm telling you. Brilliant. And we're letting him get away with it. We must stay alert and be wise. We must be ready to fight again and again because even though you might do it 
today and, and get some margin today. If you don't keep fighting to maintain margin, it will walk away, and once again, you'll be overloaded. This is not a just a once and you're done issue. It's a continuous pay attention, be alert. Each of us are gifted with one and only one life. You understand that? This is all we got. You, you only go around once. Be very careful how you live. The days are evil. Don't be foolish. It's so easy to get pulled into this foolish, evil world, and now I, I think I've got to keep up with this evil, foolish world and no margin, and it's really ugly. Make the most of every opportunity. Today is a gift from the Lord. It's a gift. Lord, thank you for this gift that you've brought my way. Help me to use the gift of today well. And then when you wake up tomorrow, what do you got to do? <laughs> Lord, help me to make the most of today's opportunity. A wonderful gift from the Lord. Bow your heads. Shut your eyes as we close. And we are all so different, aren't we? We have different limits and different schedules and different things that exhaust us and stress us. But here's the good news. The Lord knows exactly where you're at. He knows your schedule. He knows whether there's margin or if it's waved goodbye a long time ago. Would you just say, Lord, speak? I need to hear from you. I'm listening. Question. Is margin missing from your daily life? Speak, Lord. We need to know that. Is there enough margin in your life that the Lord can interrupt you? Point you to a situation that the Lord says needs attention? How are you doing when it comes to saying no when it's needed and necessary? Are there activities that have gotten on your schedule that need to be pruned? Would you say, Lord, show me. Is the Lord knocking today and saying you need to start fighting for margin in your life? Is your life like that hot cup of coffee and it's up over the top and making a mess and spilling and burning yourself and burning those around you? Would you just say, Lord, uh, I need to start fighting for margin. Show me, make it clear what I need to do and then give me the courage and the faith 
and the power of your spirit within me to take action. So I want to close by praying. Anybody say, you're talking, Lord. You're speaking to me. Would you lift your hand and say, Lord, that's me. (laughs) Margin is something I need to start fighting for. Take action. Anybody else? Lord, see my hand. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to make you come forward. I just want to pray for you as we close. Anybody in the balcony? That's me. Yeah. Yep. Are there others? Lord, we acknowledge that the days we live in are foolish and evil. And the reality, Lord, is it's easy for us to get caught up in the foolishness and the shallowness of this world, running after temporary stuff. So would you show me, show my friends here who just responded what needs to take place to get margin back in their lives or maybe a little more? Give us wisdom. Give us clarity. We're all different and distinct. And yet, Lord, you speak personally and clearly to each of us. And give us that courage to begin acting. Lord, we didn't get in this situation overnight. Lord, help us to persevere because it's not going to clear up overnight either. Help us to begin that process today and keep working it until margin appears. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for a grounding that we can come back to. Pray for your blessing upon those that are here today. And Lord, if there's anybody here who's never said yes to your son, Jesus, if there are those who are here today who've never been to the cross, who've never said yes to the shed blood of your son, Jesus, if there are any here today who've never believed that Jesus, your son, took their place on the cross, shed his blood, took their place in the grave, and arose from the dead Sunday morning. Would you make them very aware of their need? First place, first step is to believe in the cross and the empty tomb and receive by faith Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. That's where everything begins, Lord. Draw them to yourselves. Open the the eyes of their hearts and their minds. Lord, uh, might they even today say, yes, Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I receive. Take charge. Be my Savior and my Lord. We love you. It's good to be together today in your church to worship and praise and lift high the name of Jesus. Amen.